With that, we should start. It is four o'clock. Welcome to Burroughs and Burbs. I'm your host, John Engel. That's my co-host, Roberto, up in the, the Hollywood Hello. Square to the right. Hello. And I'm going to share my screen now. And we are doing episode 77 today, Transforming with Fabric and How Experts Use It to Transform a Home. And I have four special guests, Katie Lydon of Katie Lydon Interiors, high-end residential interiors, Rorick Tobin of Rorick Tobin Designs, Designing for Collectors, Sergio Mercado of Sergio Mercado Design, a New York design firm, and Anjali Pollock from Anjali Pollock Design, a luxury residential design firm. That's how you describe yourselves on the internet. That's where I found that. <laughs> and the person who put it all together, who deserves most of our thanks, is Lisa Ben Isvi of LBI Connects. Thank you, Lisa, for putting on this show. I love working with the designers and talking about design and how design impacts the real estate business. So with that, tell us, why was uh, why did we pick this show and why did you pick these four top New York designers? I picked, well, I picked this show because I love you and Roberta so much. <laughs> and I know the challenge in both your areas. And these four designers, Katie, Sergio, Rorick, and Anjali, they are all four award-winning designers um, in residential and tapping into a little commercial here and there. And they are so different. So their work is so different and interesting that you could see there's so much room in the market for every single client and to really, really be creative. And with that, I wanna say that Sergio, who is more of an architectural designer, and his lines are clean and sleek and sexy. I mean, we should show how he, we should start with Sergio, how he would transform a home mostly with maybe surfaces. Well, and I think, yeah, so let's take it back a step. I It was my idea to say, let's do fabric. And, of, and I thought that will be easy. Everybody does fabric. And the immediate response from Sergio was, well, wait a minute. I, I'm not in love with fabric like everybody's in love with fabric. I, you know, I'm an architectural guy. So let me show some of uh, Sergio's. And well, you can explain. It's, it's not to say that I don't like fabric. I love I love fabrics. I do. Um, I, I don't use them in as decorative a way uh, as some might. And so um, that's the only reason why I thought, okay, well, a lot of my work and how I use fabrics really is more architectural. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're usually integrated. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a little different than valances and jabots and, you know, um, the way that, you know, we are used to seeing fabrics used, at least in drapery anyways. Obviously, fabrics transform all kinds of other things other than just drapery. Um, and I think that's probably why, um, you know, I came in at it with a different perspective. Now, what are we looking at here? We're looking at a use of fabric on the on the walls, right? Is that grass cloth? What we uh, see on our screen is I the intro. John, we don't see it. Oh, yeah, I don't see yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> we just the, we're just looking at the invite. Oh. <laughs> I thought I switched that. Okay. And boom, there. 
Um, are we now looking at Sag Harbor after Grasscloth? Correct. Oh, that's actually um, one of my interiors. Okay, then you get to start. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so um, the projects I picked, um, and there is a before picture here too, um, I wanted to show how a variety of textures could be used within a space. So yes, we have this raffia grass cloth on the walls, you know, a very subtle chenille on the sofa, and then, um, you know, an embroidered, um, you know, botanical on the, on the sofa, but it's all very simple. And so it's sort of bringing warmth to this space and how using a variety of textures, both in the soft furnishings and in the architecture on the walls um, and floors really can transform a space completely and, and change it instead of just, I mean, yes, I love a painted wall, but especially for a gentleman's library, this is just sort of cozy and, but yet still not over the top, not fabric, fabric, fabric. So, um, subtle rich textures used subtly can make a big impact and how Rorica, about the can i ask you a uh, question just quickly because it's just very just very distinct to me the backdrop mm -hmm. of that is nature and greenery etc let's just say that that was on the 12th floor of a park avenue apartment on the corner would what you did there still apply would it still you know would it would it translate the same way or would you do something different because of the backdrop of the cityscape? You could do something different, but um, I mean, I think a grass cloth or a textured, uh, a woven wall covering can work in any sort of, um, in any sort of environment. We actually did a, a, a different man's study at the uh, a penthouse at the Bloomberg building. And, you know, I wouldn't have put the floral pillows in there but we did use a raffia um, grass cloth on the walls and then just did some more, you know, sort of geometric shapes on the fabrics to give it a bit more of a city feel, but still making it, I think the purpose of the room, making it a den called for using that in the city as well. Um, and, and in Park Avenue that, you know, the Bloomberg building is very, contemporary, a Park Avenue one, I think you'll find a lot of people who use, you know, cozy textures on the walls in their dens. So this is the before of that same room, right? This is what right. you started with. Okay, I'm starting exactly. to figure out how to use the computer. So this is the before. <laughs> and, um, and then when I want to go, let's see, share screen. And we've now seen after. Uh, I've got Tribeca bedroom before there. Mm -hmm. This was when our client bought it. This is not what we did. Okay. And what's wrong with this picture? <laughs> well, it's <laughs> aside from the pillows, but um, no, it just, it has no character. It's, it's cold. It, the proportions aren't right. You've just got this bed, everything sort of squished in the side and it has, it has no character at all. It has no life It you could be anyone who lives here. There's no um, no style. There's it's just a bed. It 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 could be a dorm room for all of that. Okay. And so then, was, so now I want Tribeca after, right? Right. Okay. Boom. How about that? Wow. Right. Wow. Boom. And so now you see wow. this. This is for a, a a young bachelor, and I chose this picture because you have a variety of textures. On the walls themselves, you have um, ultra suede wall covering, 
the channels above the bed are, are leather. And then you've got, you know, the woven um, fabric on the chair, but with the wood detailing and you've got, you know, you've got a mixture of shiny surfaces with some soft textures that give it a masculine feel, but still very comforting. It's not, you know, it's not a cold interior by any means. And, and so layering and mixing um, subtle textures, even if they're monochrome, can really transform the space and make it inviting. So I have a couple of questions. So is this wall, this is a longer wall than that other wall. That's why you chose to put the bed there? Correct. So the where the bed was is where those mirrored closets are now. And then also um, it looks like the wall behind the bed is like inset. Is that so or not? Yes, it is. It's so recessed into the wall a bit. So did you have to build And also the, the bed faces the window now, which is nicer. Yeah. Right. So did you have to build the wall out or did you just go into the wall? Um we I mean we went into the wall. It was and it was sort of a combination. We took four inches that way and then brought out four inches around. So really, really spectacular. And the vertical lines really enhance the ceiling height tremendously. Right. I mean, that was the other thing. This has really high ceilings. And the room before, it, you couldn't see that at all. We didn't move the ceiling heights. It's, you know, it's a Tribeca loft. You can't move the, yeah. the ceiling. Um, so, yeah. We, I think that's very cool. I, I love the upholstery in the walls, the, the big bumpy things. Um, but I don't know what you call those. Is that upholster? Is that called an upholstered wall? Yeah, I mean, it's a channeled, it's sort of a, a massive, we carry the channeled headboard all the way up. So um, upholstered wall is usually pulled onto the wall, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a big, deep channel. Okay, so our next preview is deep, Dietrich Master Bedroom. Can I talk about that next? Yep, that's me. Okay. Hi, Anjali. So Hi. tell me what were you thinking here? So, um, you know, I think that fabric and texture and anything, any soft furnishings, I think what they do is they also bring a lot of visual depth. I think as you saw in Rorik's picture, you know, with, when he had the before and the after, when you just see flat walls, whatever they are, and you don't think about depth and perspective, it's not as interesting, right? So again, what is your personality? What does this say about you? And how does this bring it in, right? So for me, the clients who live in this apartment um, wanted to feel like they lived in a very uber fancy hotel, right? But better, because it felt like it was a hotel, but personalized. So similarly, what we did is, you know, similar to what Rorik did is we paneled out the entire wall. You can't move the ceiling, but what did we do with the wall? So this is fabric upon fabric because the entire wall is paneled in fabric. And those panels were, believe me, a nightmare to get in. Um, and you have to bring them in pieces and put them together because it's a Manhattan apartment and you don't even have the right storage to bring it all. So it's all done in little pieces and then put together. And then the headboard is a different fabric and then it has a wood detailing around the side. And then we brought that for the same fabric back in the bench. Um, and then you can see we used a wallpaper on the adjacent walls. And then Venetian plastered the ceiling and put a fabric on the walls. So it's a lot of layering. But again, I would say similar to what Rory did, it's not a lot of different colors. You know, you're taking a theme and you're just carrying it all the way through. But I, it brings <laughs> 
I, I got to ask you about that. I mean, this is exquisite, but I can't imagine that this was easy when you said, okay, I got this idea, Mr. Client, we're going to do it in purple and <laughs> yeah. there's going to be, a, and it's going to be lots of velvet. Yeah. And uh, your client must've said purple velvet. Are you kidding me? And you're like, trust me on this. Trust me. It's so going to work. What? There are the clients that I have to say, trust me on this with. And then there are clients who are like, great. I love it. Let's go for it. They were great. They were amazing. They're honestly, truly wonderful, wonderful people. They were really ready to go for it. And they were excited and, and they went for it. And then we put a, a silk carpet on the floor. So it's a lot of texture, a lot of dimension, a lot of fabric. It's and gish bedding on the bed, you know, and it's all sort of tonal, but has, you know, just it's the champagnes, the silvers, and then it has this sort of like a purpley gray hue to it, you know, and and that's, but it's a lot of different textures and fabric. Yeah, there's a lot White going walls on before, white walls. And, you know, that was <laughs> what it was. I mean, we all got rules growing up. Like you can't, John, you can't mix your plaids and your stripes. And yet you have the confidence here to mix some, you know, plaids and some stripes. I mean, you have the grid going on. Yeah. You, you've got so many different things going on between the so curtains, the wall, the, and and the grid is brought into the end tables or side tables. Um, yes, and I also have a surface on top of the side tables. It's a, actually a, a back painted glass, but it has a texture. It's a linen glass, like the glass itself has the linen in it. So I'm the, op, you know, Sergio can do the very sexy and sleek and thank goodness I can't do it because we have both. So I, I, I could, I would botch it up so badly. And for me, it's more, 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 and even a little bit more. <laughs> So here's another one. This is called the Schiffman living room, I think. Yeah. Yes. So is this also Anjali, right? Yes, it is. Okay. So um, it looks like a little bit more velvet, right? Have we got some velvet going on here on the floor? We don't see uh, it. No, it's a silk carpet, actually. Okay. <laughs> we don't see, don't see it. anything. Oh, I'm going to hit share. Okay. How about now? <laughs> All right. There we go. Oh. Wow. So... Um, I have to say both the client, the clients that I put in into these in the pictures, they were all really like sort of ready to go for it. So again, they were very bold, excited. You know, they were willing to do different things. Um, again, in Manhattan apartments, you know, the space is a space, and then how do you, you know, how do you, how how can you transform that? So you've got the box now. The box is white, and then you have the view you have, and now you have to make it a space that people want to live in, and um, you wanted to make it a reflection of who they are and you want their, who they are to be different than what everybody else is, right? So you can't, you don't do the same old, same old. You really try to get to know your clients and you try to get to know how they want to live, how they entertain, how they hang out at home. So, you know, this couch is a big couch and it's facing a very big TV because they actually really do you know, watch TV here. So this actually does not have a lot of velvet in this room. There's suede on the chairs, on the two sort of uh, topi chair, you know, the tan chairs you see. And then the rest are all textured fabrics. It's only the, the pillows that are velvet. And then we have um, actually behind the game table has a leather top on it. Again, there's a lot of, you know, there's glass, there's uh, and then the wallpaper has a cork. It's a cork wallpaper. So there's, and then we had this column and we didn't know what to do with, you know, so we, again, we went back to the, it's a shimmer stone. It's a full painted finish. The shimmer stone carries back up onto the ceiling. 
and comes down the column. And then we wallpapered the other walls in a cork, added the silk carpet to the floor. It's very bold. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's they, they they have personality, and you know, this room has a lot of person, big personality. And what have you done to the ceiling? It's it's a shimmer stone. It's a it's a hand painted finish on the column and on the ceiling. Wow. Yeah. I don't even know where to start. You have so much going on here. You've said cork, <laughs> leather, <laughs> silk, yeah. uh, suede, yeah. um, and, and now shimmer stone, which is leaving me speechless because I don't even, uh, you know, I don't even know what that is. I mean, I thought I knew what Venetian plaster was. It sounds kind of like Venetian plaster without they put the a polishing. Sparkle. They put a little like a mica powder into it. And like, so when you're close to it, it, it's it's not garish, right? Because when you're close to it, you can see it has a little shimmer to it. But mm -hmm. when, you, when you're not close to it, you don't see that, right? It just has the movement. Now, okay. do, you, do you cover their chiropractic bills with all of these <laughs> finishes on the ceiling? <laughs> you know, so the other interesting thing about this was this light fixture. And all of us have the same issue. So any of the designers can speak to this, right? We all come upon the same things. It's now you have this ceiling fixture and... How is it going to withstand? It's a Manhattan ceiling. How are you going to withstand the, the, the weight without pulling that ceiling down? So we actually had to put in custom steel plates into the ceiling. We had to open up the ceiling and put the steel in so that we would not be worried about this pulling down the ceiling. Talk to me about window treatments. I noticed that some of these window treatments that we've been looking at are sheer. These look rather opaque. What they goes are. into the decision on... Uh, sheer versus opaque or, uh, or, 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 and do you look to uh, contrast with window treatments or do you look to complement or it, de it depends? Yeah, I, I would say it depends. Definitely. It depends. I think with these, we fell in, honestly, we fell in love with the fabric. You can't see it so well here. And, and, you know, I also have like a, a tape at the leading edge and then another trim on top of it. So, you know, like I said, maximalist is uh is probably I like more and more and more. So, um, but this, we fell in love with the fabric. It sort of brought together all the colors that were in the room. They, it had all of it, but it was a sort of very soft movement in the fabric. And the other thing is they get a lot of, they're facing the Hudson River and they get a lot of light, right? So sometimes it's just, it, a lot of light also damages furniture. And even though they have the solar shades, the solar shades are not pretty. So sometimes in the daytime, she plays mahjong at the back. And so then you can just close that side of the drapery off and it's closed and it doesn't, because it, when you have that kind of light coming into an apartment, it will fade everything. It will fade it over time and it gets very, very hot. And it actually even can destroy, like you have a piano there. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult to keep all of that, you know, without the help of fabric. And it's a very big room. So the fabric also warmed up the space which I'm not sure a shear would have done in that room because of how big it is. Okay. I'm going to move on to Sergio. Now I finally found Sergio's pictures on my screen. Can you <laughs> see Sergio, uh, 259 Berry? Yes. Right. Yes. This is a townhouse, uh, for one of my clients and, um, they're very minimal. Um, I actually, I was the one to actually suggest drapery for this room because they they really weren't even interested in drapery. The room faces a private backyard, so they don't really need drapery for privacy's sake. 
Um, I felt it was really important um, for this particular project to soften the space up. This was an example of a space where all the finishes are very hard, lots of hard surfaces. And I really felt strongly that they need to soften up the space. And so this was, that's actually a, um, the fabric is uh, cashmere. It's a really beautiful, um, beautiful cashmere. It's almost sheer. The, the, you can see that there's light that still, that still comes through it, which is actually kind of wonderful. It's lined, but it's, it's lined in a fabric that gives it body, but still allows the light to travel through it. A lot of times drapery, uh, you made mention about um, opaque versus sheer. Uh, there's all kinds of linings and inner linings that can be added to drapery. Um, to to sort of make them more or less opaque, depending on um, depending on what you're trying to achieve. Um, but in this particular case, we did want some of that light to come through, uh, and it just feels better when drapery have a lining, even if it's just a lightweight lining. Uh, it really gives them a wonderful body to them. Um, and so this was an example of you know, a use of drapery in an architectural sort of way. And it's a wood floor and it's a wood table and it's wood chair legs. Yeah. Um, and then we've got marble in the kitchen island. Mm -hmm. um, and then you said it was cashmere in the window treatments. Yeah. And the fabric, it's hard to tell in the chairs, but it's actually a very highly textured fabric. Uh, it was a it was a private label Raf Simmons fabric, actually, um, that we specified for these chairs. Uh, and what you don't see in the space, it's a living, it's basically a living room, kitchen, dining room. So the opposite side of the space, which um, you don't have a picture of it, unfortunately, but um, there we have, um, you know, an area rug. We have more, you know, soft, soft upholstery. Uh, I've just found that in a space of this size, it's somewhat narrow. Um, the, uh, it's hard to find a rug. Rugs need to sort of be in a dining room setting. I think all the furniture needs to sit on it properly. And you never really want to back your chair off of an area rug. So this was an instance where we didn't place a rug underneath the dining table just by virtue of the space, the size of the space. Mm -hmm. uh, and the fact that there's, there's sort of a, a means to pass the kitchen and the dining room when the chairs are pushed under the table. Uh, and also too, there's a lot of indoor outdoor that happens in this space. So rather than have a rug, that's probably just going to get destroyed within a couple of months. They also have two small children. Um, we opted out for an area rug in this particular installation. All right. I'm going to pull up the next one now. Um... Boom, there we go. Yeah. So this is a, a home in Battery Park and they have a wonderful view of the water. Uh, it's really beautiful. They can actually look out towards the Hudson. And um, this is a client who, uh, when, we, when we came to this, to this house, it was very basic. It was just white, white box, but very, um, also traditional, lots of oak paneling. So what we did was we ripped everything out and I, I insisted that they build window seats. I told them, I said, 
that's where I'd want to sit. I want to sit there and look out at the water all day long. And they bought it. And I said, yep, I think it's it's a, a wise decision. Uh, they told me that um, they kind of prefer to have the windows open and exposed uh, most of the time. So here is an instance where we basically just built um, a balance where we tucked in the shades. And most of the time they live with this, they live with it up. The only time they ever drop them uh, is when they're going to sleep. But most of the time the shades are up. Uh, the other reason why we didn't utilize drapery panels in this instance was because panels, drapery panels would have minimized the windows fit the windows. So imagine you've got a drapery panel on either side that usually for a drapery stack, in order to you know properly close, the stacks when they're open, you're probably going to deal with you know two and a half feet, two feet, two and a half feet on either side. So you'd be late losing five feet of window space. And I have an aversion to uh, drapery that are short. That was another reason why we didn't do panels. And the reason we didn't do Roman shades was because the Roman shades, when they fold up, you also, again, lose a portion of the window um, because of the stack. So here's an example of the, the window, the configuration drove a little bit the decision for why we chose to use shades that were uh, diffuser and blackout roller shades that were hidden into a pocket. Um, for that reason, because when they're up during the day, they're open, windows are exposed, and you maximize, you maximize your windows and you maximize your light within the space. And here is an example of fabrics, 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 fabrics. The area rug is uh, shearling. Uh, it's a beautiful shearling rug. Um, we used alpaca um, fabrics for the window seats, for the pillows. I think I want to say there's probably like six or seven different fabric, fabrics that we used here um, in combination with the headboard and the throw pillows and the bedding and the throw, uh, all very textural, all tonal. Um, but I love fabrics. See, this is an example, <laughs> of, of example of, I love to use fabrics. I really do. I just think that they're, you know, you have to use them wisely. I'm struck. I have to say all, all, all of these designs, I'm 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 discovering things um, the longer, you know, I look at it. I'm, I'm discovering what you did with recessed light. I'm discovering how you hid the heating system so that it doesn't cause me to look at the heating system. You know, it's it's hidden right. down there under the floor register, you know, yeah. that it's, it's how calming it is. The use of vertical lines, um, you know, throughout. I mean. You know, this is really beautiful and it takes a while to figure for, for somebody like me. Um, it takes me 10 minutes of staring <laughs> at this photo and having you walk me through what you were thinking to, to finally understand um, that it looks so simple at first. And yet it is so layered and it is so complicated, so complex. It's really beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's one of the challenges that we have as designers. Somebody's you know, asking a question to you. Are there closets on either side? Yes, there are closets on either side. Everything opens up. Um, the The entire thing is storage. Uh, and there's also even a humidor. A client requested a humidor uh, inside one of the closets on his side. 
of the, uh, in the bedroom. Um, but even the bed, underneath the bed, the platform, actually, there are drawers underneath the platform bed. So, you know, everything, it, we built it out, that particular apartment, we built out like a ship. So there's storage, every single inch of that room is storage. And to your point, you know, we're challenged with the radiators in windows. A lot of times we don't have complex HVAC systems. So we're always having to hide, uh, we're always having to hide those types of things. This is um, a loft in Tribeca. And this is an example of where we used fabrics, um, again, just to create a focal wall for their bed. Um, they... Again, the wall, the wall that the bed is on, um, they don't have a separate, they didn't have a separate closet. So what we did was the closet is on the bed wall. Um, and I just felt in this particular case, um, I felt that the choice was better to use a heavy Belgian linen um, to hide um, the, their storage for their clothing. Uh, it's also easier not to have to navigate around doors that swing open. This, you just pull the curtain open and you have access to your entire closet. Um, so we use this in a, not only just a decorative way, but also in a practical way for them to access their closets. I, I have to point out that this is what, the third or fourth uh, photograph with a lot of purple in it. And I'm wondering... <laughs> I'm wondering whether you guys are all in cahoots uh, or whether you guys are actually listening when Benjamin Moore says the color of the year is eggplant and the rest of us go, oh, man, what am I going to do with eggplant? And you guys go, great. I am so glad. I know exactly how I'm going to use eggplant this year. So I guess this I guess is it. I mean, you know, it, that is purple, right? That is a purple drape and a, a, some form of a purple on the bed. Well, the way that the that the photograph uh, it, it it's really not the the linen isn't isn't purple, it's it's um, it's a dark color, but it's not. I it, it kind of is reflecting that because of the rest of the colors in the millwork okay. and the bed cover, um, but it's but it's really not. Um, but yeah, no, it's um, it's a it's a gorgeous color. Yeah, uh, I'm a fan of it. Okay. <laughs> the rest of us are intimidated by I'm these a fan of it old, also. It's gorgeous. old colors, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Why did you I, not use a rug in this room? Just curious. I didn't want it. You know, I I tried and tried and I said, can we can we please can we just, you know, and they just were dead set against it. They they have um, these particular owners have three dogs and they said, if I tell you how many rugs we've had stained. I won't go into detail, had to have replaced. <laughs> yeah. They said, you know, so for them, it was, it was a, it was a request not to have a rug in the room. And it was a practical request. But the way you had conceived the room, you were looking to do that. It just didn't materialize. Exactly. Yep. I, I had planned on it. I had a couple of really beautiful rugs um, that I presented to them and they immediately just shot it down. They said, it's just for three dogs, for a household with three dogs, they're gonna scratch at them. They're, they're, they're a terror. They have separation anxiety issues. Uh, they'll just tear it up. 
So the, it's like, the, rug, the rugs that you had sad. suggested, what were they like? Were they light in color? Were they purple? Were they were textured? Like what were, what did you have in mind? Just, they, were hi, they were highly textural. Um, one of them was uh, a really beautiful, um, heavy, heavy boucle uh, texture that was really gorgeous. Um, so uh, one of them was silk, it was a beautiful cut pile silk rug. <laughs> that was would have just really set that room off so so nicely um so we we did we definitely had some really beautiful rugs that we recommended for them but you know again you know client client is is the um, final say yeah so mm-hmm. you know it's their decision that that is one area i'm actually going through this been a project in watermill right now where the issue is the dogs and the advancements in solution dyed rugs have been amazing in just like the last five years and they have some very textural ones that we're using that you know they say you can clean it with bleach that's they don't have the tearing issue but that's one thing that is becoming more and more common with uh with people with dogs and i think that the industry is responding with these solution dyed chenille rugs and, and tufted ones, it's really, um, it's really making a difference. And that's what we're using out there. Because yeah. the, similarly to what Sergio is saying, I find that every client I have has at least one dog, either dogs or children, mm-hmm. pets and children. Mm-hmm. So right. it's a real, right. pro- you know, and people don't want it. Like they, they're really afraid of so many things because they, every American has pets and children. Um, one or the other either one or three dogs cats children something so you have to accommodate for all of that yeah exactly those clients had three dogs yeah yeah i hear you you know so as long as we're on the subject of uh of wear and tear um do you all remember when philippe stark first designed the royalton hotel And yeah. we all went in there. Yeah. We must have all gone in there and had the same feeling I did, which is like, wow, it feels so sumptuous, you know, such warm fabrics. It's not going to last that long. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful design, but mm-hmm. there's a reason people don't do that to hotel lobbies, you know, because they just, you know, wears out. So when you're saying that the technology of fabric has improved since Philippe Stark was doing that in the 80s, um that you know that's great news that it allows designers to try and warm up public spaces potentially uh if the if the fabrics can handle it um yeah, I think we're that, even we're ahead. even using it on upholstery as well you know yeah. the, it used to be this very heavy canvasy sunbrella fabric but now you've got chenilles you've got velvets you've got all of these things that are um, and so if it's a kid's room, they're like, absolutely put it on, yeah. put it on there. Yeah. And I think Same here. responding to that. Me too. Yeah. Everyone specifying they want, you know, easy maintenance, performance fabrics, uh, because to your point, you know, we have clients that have children or pets and they, they want things that are easy to maintain. So a lot of times, you know, we'll specify entire pro, you know, the majority of the projects, especially in the kids' rooms and in some of the um, living spaces in um, outdoor fabrics, yeah. it's very common. It's become very common now. All right, I want to talk a little bit about uh, briefly about kitchens because we all have kitchens 
and we say, okay, I'll put a, I'll put some marble on the counter and I'll do some stainless steel in the appliances. But you know, what else can I do in a kitchen? And, and everybody's got one and they're all, they've been white on white for a very long time. This one, not so white. So what were you thinking here? Uh, no, my, my clients didn't really want, um, a white box. Um, so for them, you know, we were looking at selecting materials, lacquers, wood finishes, um, that had a little bit more warmth to them. So in this particular home, you know, we had the floors fumed and when you fume floors, it gives sort of like a bluish grayish cast. So what we did is we worked with that color. Um, so we started with the floors. Once we got a control sample for the floors, then we sent that one of the samples to our mill worker. We said, okay, I want a wood, I want a wood grain texture and I want a lacquer in this color. And so we went through a ton of Benjamin Moore colors uh, to develop um, some of the colors for the lacquer and for the wood, all wood. Uh, take stain differently. So, you know, it took a few tries. Even when you go, even when you use a substrate like um, white oak, which is usually if you want a similar grain, um, a simple grain, uh, it's, it'll, take, it'll take a stain pretty well. It'll take color really well. Uh, anything like red oak or mahogany, it's, it's never going to work because it's just inherently too red for it to, you know, for it to really affect the color. Uh, and yeah, basically we just, in this particular, we found a beautiful calicata for the island and I suggested, um, um, Basaltino for the countertop in the back kitchen. I kind of wanted to, wanted it to be set, wanted it to be different. I didn't want the, all of the countertops to be the same just because it was a small space. And I thought it was an opportunity to create a little bit of a contrast. Uh, um, and, and one last question, the window treatment. Is this more of the cashmere? Yes. Mm -hmm. exactly. I love that cashmere. Those are the happiest windows ever. They've got cashmere. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I like cashmere, the color, too. Like, uh, you know, it, it's just so wonderful. You know, like that one bedroom that I showed you there, we had, we had shearling, cashmere, alpaca, silk. We had it all. Okay, I'm gonna now pull up Katie Lydon's uh, and, but I'll probably do it in the wrong order. So let's see, we'll start with uh, couch. Okay. Well, there are a couple, I had sort of put them together. So there's this one and this, I did a sort of idea of like, oh, interesting sofas. How okay. might use fabric to make, um, you know, often you see, major pieces of upholstery are often the more neutral part of the room. Mm -hmm. Is this West 72nd Street? West, no. Okay, just curious. This looks like <laughs> so no. similar to something. No, West, no, no. Okay. But, um, and then there's another one. If you keep going, there's a, there's a couple of other sofas where they're just really bold and bonkers. That one, and then there's another one. That's a plain sofa. I don't know why I decided to do like sofas. In my head, I was like, hmm, fabric. But then there's another one, even one more. Should be one more. That one? I think there was another one too. But uh, basically just trying to sort of, I don't know why I chose a sofa, but I was just trying to sort of pinpoint something. 
as yeah. a starting point. And the idea um, often is to do the major pieces of, uh, in, of upholstery in rooms more neutral. And I find that I tend not to do that. And just the way that I often have the rooms often quite sort of um, the walls, you know, simpler, maybe because I sort of imagine art, lots of really vivid artwork. And then so then the upholstery for me often is a place where I put a lot of bright color and texture and layering. And it was just sort of like slightly, um, I thought that was just sort of a different topic really, because you can do, you can weight it that way. It doesn't, you know, there are many ways to weight the room and to decide how you're going to do it. But that was just a sort of a, a sort of an, a nice topic, really, I thought. Is that couch all the same or is the far no. side? Of no, it's it's different color, different fabrics. That one's that's all the same. That's what I thought. Very interesting. The red one is... Um, that the shade is one fabric and then uh the body yeah. is another and also john, can you the zoom other... into the, john yeah into the back of, can you zoom into the back of that photo to see that part because it's interesting because it's the same couch but it's like two different fabrics it's wild yeah that's great yeah. Cool. yeah and, and the then the other thing is, yeah. is um the reason i chose that this image and then the other one with the very vibrant curtain fabric was that they're actually in the same building. They're two different apartments in the same building. And they're just essentially this white box. And, and the clients really, this is before all the art went in, but um, they really wanted white walls. A, a lot of my clients want this because they're art collectors. And so, but it's so boring, you know, <laughs> so, um, you know, this was kind of really fun because the fabric is just so unusual and so punchy and, and they really love the, the way that it sort of added this like, wow, to a very sort of spacious, large room. And it just, yeah, that was an, and then in the other picture you show the same, it's the same idea. It's like this, um, this one, one? Red, no, the one with the red sofa. Okay. Um, yes. You've got shears because you've got the terrace and, you know, that was just another way you could use fabric. It softens it just enough. Right. Just gives it that little glow and that warmth, and the and the um, fabric actually has a sort of little gold lyrics in that you can't really tell from the picture, but in person it's lovely and has that sparkle, and then it, it's just enough to give it the lift and and the softening. Go to the bonkers couch with the flowers. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to hear you talk through that. Oh, I don't know if I got a really, I can really do it intelligently, but I can try. But <laughs> yeah, they they love color. Oh my gosh, these, this client is, we're, they've actually now sold, they've moved into another apartment and it, they love color. I mean, bold, bright, punchy color. And I would show them sort of quite sort of organized, you know, very tasteful schemes. And I'm like, no, no, more, more, more. So um, that's sort of, in the end, I found this fabric is a Christopher Farr fabric. And it is really fabulous. It's if you're thinking of the green, the, the green one with the brown and red flowers. Yeah. Was there, was there a yellow couch? Not that one, the... Uh, the next yeah. yeah, it's actually an acid green and the carpet is green grass and the chair is red and it, it, it it's a silk green carpet. So and then there's purple and yeah, 
it's a lot, but it's really great <laughs> in person. I have to say it's you, it's really, really just um it's the color blocking within that, and then that sofa kind of pulls all the colors. It's got red in it, purple, green, white, all the colors that are going in the rest of the room. That sofa makes sense of all of them because it's all of them. Okay, but that sofa is for this room. You could not move that sofa anywhere else, right? It, it would be hard. Yeah, <laughs> it would be hard. But, you know, it's so pretty in person. It's so much fun in person. Yeah, it really is. So when you design a room like this, do you say, listen, we, we really can only uh, have high color in one, two, maybe three spots before the eye, the eye is tired. So we're really going to have a fabulous sofa, maybe a fabulous splash of color in the chair. But after that, we've got to really calm down uh, because otherwise they're going to compete with each other. Are there some rules that designers have when they're putting this together? Because I've got clients who've got too much color. And I think uh, this was not done by a designer. I, um, I think there are rules. I think you have to, it's about balance, you know, and, and, and like that one is really, I love this study. It's a, it's a really warm, rich room, but again, it's very neutral, um, but it's still bold. You know, I, I feel like that the, the Donald Sultan poppies give it that like punch that it, that room needs. And, and yeah, I, I don't know. I think, and if you did a bold sofa, the poppies might get lost, right? Compete might. with it. They might. They really, I think they would. I think the poppies sing so clearly because of the um, the rest of the room is, you know, neutral. If if the client said, I love the poppies, I want them to have some sort of color, what have color you would you Have you met this Ubuntu yet? Pardon? Um, I mean, I know what Ubuntu is, but... I mean, it's a bit, it's a bit, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? No, no, I, and that, it's not even a high school. I mean, okay. mute on that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you, so let's just say the client said, I love those poppies, but I do want yeah. some color in there. What color would you have put on those poppies? Maybe red. Like, well, the, the poppies, they come in red, I think, as well. That's why I'm thinking, it, Donald... Yeah. Sultan did them in a sort of fire engine red, a you know very very bright blue and a yellow. I think those are the four colors that he primarily used for that series. So that's why I think maybe the red might work. May I, I don't I don't know. Maybe none of those colors really work. Actually, I, I think the only color I, I don't know that I would put color in this room. Honestly, maybe a bit of like natural color, maybe a greenery, maybe. Um, some accessories, books that might have a little bit of color, but not too much. Yeah. So from a standpoint of designing, like an entire, we're looking at rooms and in, in this case, we're looking at a couch. Are there, do you have clients that do you, does the whole home need to maintain a specific theme or can, or, cause I would imagine it's fun Yet at the same time, it might be difficult that you go from one room to another and it really is a departure from where you just came from and where you're going next. Do you have, is that a dialogue that you have and you have clients that are like, no, but I want this room to be this. I want that room to be that. Well, I think this particular client likes everything gray, champagne. So this, even this was strong for her because she, 
you know, prefers everything. And and it's actually the, the apartment that was in Dijon, Lisa, that that yes. everything is sort of gray and neutral and beautiful and 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 really sophisticated. And so this was the most I could take her to, giving her a little bit of drama. But um the other one who had that crazy sofa, the whole apartment reads that level of color punch. It's not yeah, it it it's so you you are not wondering you don't have like a white room or a or a blue room or whatever but actually in 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 England in those sort of big country houses where they have so many 16 bedrooms or whatever you would have the blue bedroom the red bedroom yeah. the green bedroom the yellow bedroom and they would all be sort of beautifully done to a certain sort of style and level but they they would be they would be color a color coded yeah I understand that. You have to come back to this picture. I mean, this is so calming and restful and there's so much going on. You've taken the geometric pattern in the window treatments and brought it over to the throw pillows. Yes. But yes. not but you didn't stop there. Then you said, "Okay, now we're going to we're going to play with some other patterns." Uh all within the same palette of color, but you change the patterns up. Yes, and they, and they all have a little bit. There's a little bit of shine. Again, you can't always see it in the photo, but there is. There's a little bit of shine here and there, not a lot, but just a little. Um, is that grass cloth behind, or is that just paint that's uh, uh, yeah. on the wall? Grass cloth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And are you hiding a TV in that cabinet to the left? No, it's actually opposite. That that uh, you can't see it. It's uh, it's opposite the tele uh, the sofa. And is everybody asking you to hide the TVs these days? No. no, 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 not really. No. Okay. No. Just, just wondering if that's <laughs> still a thing. You know, um, it definitely was actually, and people thought they were super clever when there was a great <laughs> solution. But they actually, they don't, it doesn't really work to hide the TV yeah. because you it just because then what do you do with the door yeah. when it's yeah. open and and it, it's kind of as it's cumbersome. So now we've done some show and tell. We have a perspective on, um, it looks like eggplant is still in. Um, so let's just talk generally about the market and um, the kind of, um, well, um, we can go in any number of directions. How about, how about you, Roberto? I mean, I'd like to understand from a realtor's point of view, um, who's hiring designers and why are they doing it just for themselves? Are they doing it for retail? I mean, for resale. Um, but go ahead, Roberto, you start. Well, I, I always am. I get the heebie-jeebies a little bit once someone's designers coming around because I know they're going to add a tremendous amount to what the budget's going to be about, uh, about <laughs> for an apartment. I mean, it's just the truth. But there are people, of course, that you know they're always designing homes. You know, I meet designers like. I've done seven houses for them or whatever. And they're not afraid. They're like, we're going to do this now. And I love the, the couch. And we want to put all kinds of stuff on the walls. And you know what? In a couple of years, we'll change it or we'll sell it and we'll get out of here. But they have to realize also that they're doing it for a lot of these designs are bold enough that people are doing it for themselves. They realize that it's not for resale value because someone can come in and say, this is really beautiful. And I can tell it's so well done. These are amazing fabrics, but this is not what I want. I want something different. So they have to, so they knock, it's not, they make that investment for themselves and not really making it to get it back. Do you find that too? That the people are just like, they're doing, it's just purely for themselves. I would say mostly, yeah, definitely. 
I had one question about dining rooms, just sorry. There's, there's a lot of old school dining rooms you see, you know, with the cushioned wall. You know, it's got fabric, but it's like a pillow. And a lot of it's for just a year in a dining room and it absorbs the sound so that it's, it's not so loud. Are people still doing any of that in a, in a modern way where they're using that sort of texture in the wall? But it's like, it's not just on the wall. It's, it's, a, it's like cushioned. Yes. Wow. It's upholstered walls. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and in media rooms too. Absolutely. It really helps with the acoustics. Yeah, media rooms, bedrooms. I think sometimes in a in a hallway, like especially in a big, big house, sometimes hallways can be very cold. So it's also like just cold drafty, like from the outside. So it helps a lot if you pad the walls, then it makes it cold. It makes the hallway interesting. You can, you know. And you can do that, you can do that in a modern way. Yes, very yeah. much. Absolutely. You can you can even um, uh, create ceiling panels where they wrap fabric in panels that can actually be applied to the ceiling and they just go in like a really simple lock system, like a cleat lock system. And it really does help to soften up a room, soften it, absorb sound. Yeah. Uh, and you can do it in a you can. There are lots of modern applications where that can be done. And, and not just upholstery, even fabric wall covering yes. um, mm-hmm. is a way to achieve that. You know, people still like their clean, you know, look, but you put a, a pretty neutral yeah. fabric on there and it just, it, it helps with the sound. It helps with the warmth. Um, I, we're seeing a lot of that now where you, we are putting fabric wall coverings on walls. Absolutely. How long does a design last before it's out of fashion. I'm going to show you a picture of <laughs> one of my listings. Okay, there it is. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of people say, you know, let me just point out when this was done, it was the best. It, I mean, it was the best of the best. These were very expensive uh, silk drapes and you know sofas and fabrics, um, the, a, a, a stark carpet. Yeah. Um, I mean, this was absolutely great. And now a lot of agents are coming through and they're recommending that we whitewash everything. And even if we whitewash everything, then the client says, well, what am I going to do with all my furniture? Well, they say, go put it in storage. My client says, but I don't want to put my furniture in storage and whitewash the room. I have to live here. And so there's always um, a fear that if we, go bold with the color that in a few years it'll be out of fashion. So I think you need to change everything in that room. You don't? No, neither do I. I was going to say the same thing. I don't think you need to. I think people know, I I think you need a new carpet, like a sisal. And a new wall color. Really beautiful sisal. New wall color. Not holy, yes. New, simpler drapery. You could probably just take the valance off and just see if there's a pole. And then put a sisal down yep. and then paint the walls, but don't paint them bright white because it'll seem it'll Correct. seem wrong. It needs to be like a cream. And yeah. or, put, or put a pretty grass cloth on, just texture. Put a or you can also down. you can also have slip covers made very yes. easily. And if you want to tone things down, um, you can very easily slip cover the chairs and the sofa. Um, so it's really not removing the furniture, uh, yeah. but it's basically having covers made for them. Mm-hmm. So the shapes totally. are still there, 
but you know, there's there's so many options that you can do that you can where you can transform this room without having to strip it down to the bare bones. And even what? changing the lampshades on those like Asian yeah. ginger yeah. jar lamps. Then, you know, you go, you just get a more neutral, less yeah. ornate shade yeah. and the lamps sort of disappear. You don't have to think about them anymore. And that's, you know, that's not an expensive investment to do that. I actually think that main, mm -hmm. I think that fabric is gorgeous. If you put the, I, like, I, I, the, I, the size, I love it. Just keep, you know, you try, you could do yeah. step one could be the carpet and the curtain yeah. Yeah. and then if you if the if the if the fabric just cannot be tolerated then yeah. look at this i think you should do the slip covers i think it's a great idea but sure. you can get away without doing it because it's kind of fabulous a fabric mm -hmm. yeah. so can we just talk about this for, in, in a different way for a second like from a standpoint of selling it like if i walk in here i i have a feeling that everything's going to feel old it might yeah. smell a little old yeah yeah but, like let's just imagine I mean, let's say you had a client who had this table in the front, these side tables, all of that stuff, and they like their books and their dishes, and they want all that stuff displayed. If they came to you and said, I want, this is the style I like, would you do something just like this, but it's brand new, and it's oh. crisp, and it's ready to go? Would it play, or does it not? No. Yeah, agree. Yeah, I think that there are, and that's the beauty of the fact that different designers do different types of work. I think that there are, you know, designers that still do this type of, you know, this type of style uh, for those who want it. And I think that's that's the beauty of our business, right? You know, yes. um, clients want different things. And a lot of times, you know, designers will will go to us because they like what they see and what we do. So there are other designers that have on their websites work that represents this. Yes. So rather than try to hire a designer and make them, you know, work in, a, in an aesthetic that's just not comfortable for them, there are other designers that they can go to that are already working within this aesthetic. So um, I think that's that really is the beauty of our industry and the fact that we all do different things. And for every type of look that's out there, there's someone there's a perfect fit for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. And, and one more one more thing that I would mention about that last interior um, when looking at a house uh, as a prospective buyer, you can yes, that is a very dated room, but it is in perfect condition. That right. fabric is still like the day it was put on. Beautiful. And I always go right. in, if they maintain their house like that, then it, the rest of the house, the exactly. systems, the, the you know, right. that the, the house has been cared for yeah. and you're getting a very conscientious owner. So, you know, I, if you can't see beyond the sofa, you can't see beyond the sofa. But if you look at it just from that perspective, when you're trying to sell it, that's a selling point you can do. See, look how this 1985 Clarence House fabric looks like it was put on this yesterday. Yeah. The opposite is also true. This is another Ooh. one of my listings. And uh, I keep being told, you've got to stage this. You've got to, that yeah. people have no imagination and they don't know what to do with it. And the third yes. example I'll give is this right here. This is brand new construction. This is Everything that is built new in yeah. Connecticut starts mm -hmm. out trying yeah. to look like this, mm -hmm. right? 
with either a black floor or a white floor, white on white walls, and uh, maybe a little bit of splash of color, you know, in that room. Uh, and, and once again, it's eggplant. Um, <laughs> but they're really afraid to introduce color uh, when they're selling new construction. They want the owner to, I guess, add their own, um, right. give them a blank, blank canvas. Um, but that second house definitely needs to be staged. One thousand. Because you can't see how to lay it out. Your eyes go to that hideous fireplace. That needs to be staged 100 percent. Yeah, 1000 percent. Is staged for the one thing it has to be staged just because your eye has no depth perception of what that room, how big it is. You need to put things in it so that you can understand the space. Yeah, exactly. You can understand how you might use it and en yeah. enjoy living there and yeah. use the room. So, you know, another thing that I find super helpful, you know, when you want to show actually depth in a, in a room like this, where there's outside to look at, is if you paint the mountains. So if you look at the, the window wall, it's a very big wall. So if you leave the wall, the white, but if you painted the mountains even in black, you know, it just creates a visual depth because you're not going to do drapery just to show it, right? But if you painted those mountains black, it brings the green in more and creates yeah. more depth and it's interesting. And then you don't have to put fabric on the walls, but you've still created visual interest. That's so cool. Wow. For $10, I can fix that, <laughs> that, that window. <laughs> <laughs> well, paint, paint's a little bit more expensive than that these days, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> what are the biggest tricks about making a small room feel larger? So I think one of the biggest myths is that, you know, that, that light colors make rooms feel bigger and dark colors make rooms feel smaller. It's not true. Mm -hmm. It's not true. I think that in a small room, what you don't want to do is just mix too many colors. I think if you keep mm -hmm. it a little bit more tonal, that's how you create more space. That and I mean, furniture scale, furniture yeah. scale too. Yeah. And I mean, high you don't want to tall, short. Yeah, you don't want to make the mistake of specifying, you know, too many pieces of large pieces of furniture that just don't work scale wise. You know, smaller scale uh, is always best in smaller spaces. Yeah. I find, you know just to keep them feeling open so yeah. that they're still furnished, but they still remain open. And yeah. don't, don't be afraid of stripes. You know, we know what yeah. they do in clothing. If it's a small room, you can do horizontal stripes to make it seem wider. If it's a short room, do vertical stripes to make it seem taller. Um, you know, again, it, 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 you can do some visual tricks. I find a dark floor and a lighter wall tends to make it a little bigger. You mean horizontal stripes make me look fatter, but they won't make my living room look bigger? <laughs> no, they will make your living room look bigger. They'll make it look wider. Well, that's what I'm looking for. Okay. So, <laughs> so if you've got if you've got a, a, a tight room, you put some horizontal stripes. But if you've got a short room that you really want to make taller, then you put some vertical stripes on it. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So we need some final closing thoughts. And um I guess, uh, talk to us about how we could, um, if we're, how, how to hire a designer. How do we hire you? How do we get the most out of the conversation? Do we, um, do we say, do we come up with our mission in advance? Do we come up with our favorite thing, our, our requirements? I mean, how do we think about 
a des design when we're hiring a designer? So I actually, you know, coming back to, to you guys and real estate and, you know, Lisa doing what she does, I think, um, you know, there's a lot of collaboration also between industries, right? So if the right person um, knows somebody and says something, that helps a lot as well. So forget about how you might hire us just independently. But I also think, you know, if you trust your real estate broker, you know, and you trust that person and you know, what people like is somebody who sort of gives them a suggestion who they already trust and know. So if somebody knows Lisa or somebody knows Roberto or you and you guys give them an opinion, well, that's going to make a lot of difference. Or a friend that, you know, somebody that they know, I think always. Um, and then the other thing is, I think more than anything else, you know, it's such an intimate, close relationship in your home. Your home is, you know, where you live and it's your haven and it's your escape from everything. So I think you really actually have to like and trust this person. Mm -hmm. um, you, of course, their aesthetic, but that aesthetic you've already looked at in their pictures and their website and their Instagram. But you actually just genuinely, I feel for both people, you have to like each other. It's very difficult to have this relationship if you don't get along, right? So you have to actually like to hang out together. You have to like the vibes of that other person, you know, and then it sort of becomes a marriage of a sort, right? And you get along and you get to know each other and you get to, you really are studying this person and how they live to give them what they want because you're trying to realize an extension of themselves. You're not trying to create, you know, it's your aesthetic, but it's really giving them what they want. I think I love that. What I hear you say is two things. One, um, find somebody who listens to you that you can work with, that you listen to them, they listen yeah. to you. That's the most important thing. Yeah. And once you're finding that you're listening to each other, I can go tell that lady with the yellow room, you don't have to start over. Yeah. Hiring a designer does not mean throwing out your current life and 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 creating a new life. We don't have to throw it all away in order to update design. Exactly. Just update. It's, it's a facelift. It's all, it's, yeah, just a little bit of a fresh up. Might see yeah. how that goes, you know, do it in stages, maybe do some of it. But again, it's about trusting someone, I suppose. I, li I like what you said about you do have to really get along with the person. It really, it's it's such a lovely thing when you do. And it's such a joyful, it can be such a joyful, um, you know, the process should be really fun. It shouldn't only be, um, you know, the end result. It should also be the process of it should be this, you know, engaging and um, very, you know, meaningful process to to, to the end result. I and don't also be think because I'm a, a I'm driven by economics that I need to explain to my clients that it's not necessarily a cost. It can be an investment yes. and a minor investment with a, a top designer who can change a few things and do a bit of a facelift can pay big dividends We've already gotten data from websites like House that for every dollar you put into renovating your kitchen, you get a dollar fifty back. And wow. I, I wish, yeah, they say that you get your biggest payoff from kitchen and mm -hmm. bathroom renovations. I really wish we could quantify for our clients the value of what you're talking about here, because the 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 empty house I just showed you and the one that was last done in the 80s, both could could use a little bit of a facelift 
And I think people don't know that that's possible. They don't know what it costs. They don't know where, even where to start. Um, so. John, also, I have to say, it's the most important thing is when they have their home and they love it, they're so happy. Like yeah. being so happy in your home and feeling like, oh my God, this is my home. It's an extension of my personality. I love coming home. To me, money can't buy that happiness in their home, right? You would pay anything to feel like, oh my God, I can't believe this is actually mine. And they did, and I worked so closely with the designer and they understood me. So that's such a value also. Yeah. I mean, the designers get calls like, oh my God, I love what you did. I can't believe this. Watching it and then seeing the end result is so exciting. Yeah. John, you mentioned House, and it's interesting that you brought that up because I actually have gotten three projects through House. They, you know, it's, it is a good source for people to see designers' websites. They can filter in their location and, um, you know, up, up pops portfolios of all kinds of designers of all different styles. So that is a really good resource for people who are looking to hire an interior designer uh, who don't have a friend that's recommended someone. You know, most of my, most of my um, work is through recommendations, but uh, I did get some projects through House. And two of my most recent clients actually came with mood boards already. So they had already had, again, it's, you know, social media has just provided a huge platform for people to do their own research. So in addition to getting exposed to design in a different way, that's not just um, a typical magazine format, they're just exposed to so much more and it's it's really it's become a good tool for people um, that are looking for um, looking in the market for an interior designer. Yeah, I would say don't you know don't be afraid to come with ideas. It's not yeah. you know the the heavy the high handed designer days are over. Um, people most people are savvy enough to know that they've got a collection of twenty pictures. They can't put everything in the house. You know they need a professional. You would you know. You wouldn't go to Oscar or, or a dress designer and expect to be able to know how to make a dress. You bring them things you like and you say, make me a dress that will make me look beautiful. And it's like that. It's your home. You don't, they don't have the professional capability to do it, but bring your ideas. Don't be afraid because it is your home. You should, we, we have egos big enough that we can work with your ideas and, 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 still have our own design aesthetic into it. So, you know, sometimes you'll have the people pull out a little magazine. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, no, you know, show me what you like. It doesn't make sense for me to go do a design presentation that you're not going to like, let me get to know you. And, and so um, I, I, I wouldn't be intimidated by your designer either. I love it when clients bring me ideas. It really, really helps sort of understand it really helps me understand what their dreams are. It really helps. Mm -hmm. And do most of them show up with a mood board or a Pinterest? Uh, mm -hmm. Something, yeah. something. Yeah. They have something that they're already interested yeah. in. Yeah. 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 Do people hire you in generally two different phases of their lives? It occurs to me that uh, as a realtor, uh, I think people move generally. I don't want to over- overgeneralized, but we find that people move from New York City to the country 
when they're ready to raise a family and they're outgrowing their New York apartment. And we find that when those kids leave the nest, then they go think about either New York, you know, think about moving back to New York. So we start to see that people um, um, hire us at certain phases of their lives. Um, do you see the same thing as happening when people are saying, OK, now that I'm I'm no longer a college student with his first job, now I want to take my apartment seriously. Boom. They hire you. And uh, so, too, empty nesters, when the kids have left the house, boom, they say, OK, it's time to hire a designer and rethink um, our space. Would you say that they fall in certain um defined patterns or is it throughout and for many different reasons? I would say yes and no. Yes, definitely there are inflection points at which people will do a full renovation. But your best clients, I mean, my best clients are the one who've been me with me from the start. I started 19 years ago and people I started with are still my clients because now there's a room, right? And the child was little and now the child is now a teenager and then the child is now 20 something years old and you know the child only comes occasionally and you keep changing that room and now hey guess what the kids aren't here anymore I want a wine cellar I want this I just want to freshen this up and people there's a lot of people who like to live well right and part of that living well includes you as part of their journey so you become a part of somebody's journey and their home and their family and it's so those are the, the best sort of clients. But yes, they come at, infl there's definitely the big renovations come at inflection points. The second home, the, you know, now we're downsizing, we're upsizing, we're, you know, yes. And you give them permission to take that, uh, that daughter's <laughs> pink room and say, it's okay. We can <laughs> de-pink it and make it some, a place that you'll actually want to spend time in. <laughs> Mom, you made my room a wine cellar? That's, <laughs> That's heaven. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Does anybody want to tell me what's going on with Design on a Dime? Do you, Lisa, uh, want to tell us about Design on a, yes. on a Dime? Yes. Okay. So I love this event, and I love that it's attached to a fabulous charity with Housing Works and um, raising money for AIDS. And last year, Sergio... Anjali and Katie did it, fabulous vignettes. And it it's it's an incredible event and it's your Rorik is joining and it's only for, I think three days and you get this unbelievable exposure and you all work together and celebrate. Every room is different. It, it, it's exactly what we're talking here. There's so much room in the industry for different talents and everyone to show it and everything gets donated and you kind of have to figure out what it's going to be with what you get. You're not, you can't like whatever they have and they're willing to donate. And then they sell the furniture and lamps and tables for less. And it all goes to the charity. Excellent. And what month or what week is this coming up? I think it's around April 22nd, April, 17th, April 20th, 22nd, April 20th, 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 that week. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm yeah. coming, and anybody coming. on the call Remember, who wants to go with too. me. I invited you last year. It's really fun. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's a date. Yeah. you. All right, we're coming. Okay. We're coming. Good. Thank you all. Thank and you uh, if you have any closing words, but, um, you know, thank you all for coming. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you so thank much you. for having us. It's such a lovely group of people, and we're all friends, so it's really nice <laughs> to be together. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.
Thank you. And thank you, Roberto. Next week, we have your friend Vince Rocco, who's a real professional radio man and podcaster uh, on the show. And we're going to ask him um, uh, how to get how to get better. Right. Because he's got like 40,000 listeners. We're we're (laughs) amateurs. We're going to ask the professional next week on the show. So uh, everybody come on back next week and we'll. We'll, John, we'll where see. is the event? Where is that uh, dime event or whatever? It's in New York City, April 20, 21, I'll send out an email that you could share. Oh, the okay. Metropolitan Great. Pavilion on yeah. 18th yeah. Street. Oh, yeah. 18th, 18th Street in Manhattan. Okay. Got it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good question. Bye, Bye everybody. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Great to see you all. Thank you. Bye. Bye.